y'all are doing well. Spent my afternoon digging out from Christmas. Maybe you've done the same thing or still in the process. I'm not sure that we'll be done before the first of the year, which is just obviously a couple of days away, but we, we made a trip on Thursday to go visit Nancy's part of the world, and her uh, parents are divorced and both remarried, and so we had two places to visit there, and uh, our our kids are still the only grandbabies on both sides, and so we you can only imagine uh, having three sets of grandparents, what that's like, and so we had the van completely loaded and uh, unloaded it last night, and then we began to unpack this afternoon, and so anyway, so uh, I, I will return to that a little bit later on and continue the process and hopefully get done, but... Uh, it was a good afternoon. I hope yours was too. I, um, as we finish up uh, our series tonight, I, my my prayer through this has has really been, um, and I, and I just kind of tell you one of my uh, one of my goals. Um, and for some of you, it's probably not going to be too hard to help me attain this goal. Um, for others, maybe a little bit more difficult. I'm not sure. But one of my goals is that um, that. Uh, that our people, and, and by that I just mean us in general, not, not any particular group, but just us, that, that we would love the Word of God more than we love hearing me preach it. And again, I said for some of you that's not too hard, because you know you take or leave my preaching, that's fine, I understand. But there, there are times, obviously, when we begin to get, I suppose, uh, more dependent upon one uh, person than we need be. Uh, than I believe God has designed us to be. And I don't ever want that to happen here. I'm not saying that's where we are. I just uh, That's one of my goals, uh, continuing each week, is that, that God would present His Word in such a way that it would come alive in your life, change your life, uh, regardless of what stage of life that you're in, and become something that you depend on much more than, than you depend on hearing me preach the Word each week. Does that make sense to you in any way? And I don't ever want to negate or... or or somehow uh, uh, make small the the importance of the of the preaching of God's word. I think it's important, and yet at the same time, for you each day to connect with God through His word is uh, is of, of tremendous importance. And so, through this series, my goal has really been uh, that God would open our eyes to some things in the Scripture that would then drive us to further study of the Scripture on whatever it is that we may be reading that particular day. And uh, through all that, I, I hope that you have seen that there's a lot more to the Scripture than maybe what you just first read. And I kind of say all that to get to that point, because uh, when you begin to discover that, obviously, and maybe some of you have, then, then the Scripture kind of looks differently than it did before. It's no longer just something you do just to get through it to say, well, I read the Bible today. It's no longer something that's really, uh, at times, uh, what some people would call boring or just... I didn't really learn anything from that. And when you begin to see that there's a lot more behind it, the Scripture's never then boring. The Scripture is, is never just something that you've read. It's always something that has the power to change your life. And so, um, so that, that's kind of been one of the underlying goals of this particular series, is to, to unlock the context and all around what, what is going on in the story of Jesus. And so as we, as we wrap it up tonight... Um, I was thinking about uh, just kind of being in a and in, in now at, after having visited with all, with all of our family and and I see my parents now in a very different stage of life than they than I remember them being in. Uh, my dad is now a, a grandpa, 
And so I, I, he's my dad. I don't think of him as a grandpa. And yet he is, and, and he loves it. He, I've told you before, my dad has lost his mind. He, he has absolutely lost his mind over, over his grandkids, and, and, uh, and he, he, he's not going back. He's just, that's it, the trail he's on, and he's not turning around. And so, uh, and, you know, and then I see, uh, I see my, uh, my wife's brothers who are both now married, and so they're, they're in a different stage of life. And then I, I see, you know, just my own life. Our kids are now getting... Uh, to the point where Lucy's obviously in kindergarten, and that's new for us. And so maybe you can think back, or maybe you can look ahead a little bit to kind of see some of those stages. And, and you probably, uh, if you've been through that, you can kind of laugh and say, you know, just wait for the next stage when they're teenagers, and that gets a little bit tough. Or then when, when they begin to get out on their own, and somehow you're supposed to be okay with that. And, 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 or you're really looking forward to that, whatever it may be. And so, um, so anyway... But I, I've realized that, that with each new stage of life comes a different way of looking at life, uh, of thinking about life, of what, what we think about and what we, what we talk about. And, and think about right now, just, just whatever stage of life you're in. We have a variety of stages tonight. We have people with, uh, you know, with children who are probably in elementary school, some with teenagers, some that, that are now empty nesters, others that are now grandparents, great-grandparents, so on. Uh, we, we have a variety of stages. Uh, think about what's important to you right now. If, if you were to have to make a list of just some of the things that, that really, this is what's important to me. Uh, for some, it may be your work. For others, it may be family. It may be uh, what, you, you, know, what you can do on the weekends and so on. Maybe, you, maybe, obviously not this time of year, but you like to go to the lake and different things like that. Think about just what's important to you. And then I want you to think about 10 years before now, if, if you can remember that far back, and then 10 years before that, and kind of trace back the stages of your life to think back about what was important to you then as compared to now. And then go as far back if you can, and for some of you, you're right in that situation now. Think about being a teenager all over again. And think about the things that were important to you back then that you probably think, my goodness, are you kidding me? I thought that was so important that, you know, that it just drove me nuts when that didn't go exactly the way I wanted it to. And, and now looking back on it, you just think, you know, it really wasn't a big deal. Or, or, or when your kids were young, if you, if you had children and, and your kids were young and you just think, well, I just got so upset about this when this happened and all that. And, and then I realize in the grand scheme of things, it's just not really that important. And, and each new stage of life obviously brings a new way of looking at things. And one of the things that I've noticed about myself and my thinking as I've, as I've kind of just, you know, I guess gone from one stage to another over the last 10 years or so, and I don't claim a whole lot of life experience, but at the same time, I can see what used to be important maybe isn't as important now. And, and one of those things is, is, uh, is all the presents that happen at Christmas. It's just not as important to me as it used to be. Maybe, maybe you can relate. And you just say, you know, I, I remember when, when I was a kid or a younger person or whatever, I just thought it was just that was it, you know. And uh, to my kids, obviously, that is very important to them at, at ages 5 and 3. And Nora's just now getting into it a little bit. But Hank, when we were visiting with Nancy's dad, we were all sitting around, and it didn't seem like there was a whole lot going on, and the presents had yet to be opened that evening, and so he, he kind of, you could see him, just his wheels were spinning just a little bit, and he starts yelling, present break, present break, present break, and, and he wanted everybody to take a break from what they were doing to open presents. It was a present break. He was ready, and so 
you know, I, I, I look at my kids and I think, you know, I was just like them, I guarantee you. And we all were when we were younger, just like the, you know, kids who get so excited about all that. And, and, and yet, to, you know, this Christmas season, it's just, it wasn't that big of a deal to me. Um, it, it really, you know, the, the whole idea of presents, there's so much money spent on all that stuff. And, and you know, if you're, if you're honest, you spend some money on some people you probably don't even like to buy them something you know they're probably not going to like anyway, just to keep them happy and off your back. You know, that's probably what you do sometimes. Maybe I'm the only one that does that. But anyway, um, but you know, there, there is something still for me that, that I do enjoy the, uh, the, the when, when I get something that I need, and that is also desirable. I don't know if you if you kind of those are the gifts that I go for now. I, I I'm I'm past all the you know the big shiny stuff. I just give me something I need that that I'll also like. And so I'm wearing a brand new shirt tonight, and I just ironed it this afternoon. And I thought about wearing about three or four new shirts tonight because I got three or four new shirts and just going to wear them all because I was pretty excited about my new shirts. And so, you know, I don't know. I think it looks all right. I feel that. What do you think? See, that's nice. nice. That's nice, isn't it? Yeah. So anyway, since I don't, I don't buy stuff like this for myself. You know, it's a nice shirt. My mother-in-law got this for me. I was thankful for that. And, and, and you know, I, and my new shirt, I was pretty excited when I started opening up the package. And there's one new shirt, two new shirts, and then three all together. I thought, my goodness, I've racked up. And so you'll see me in them. I'll, I'll be wearing them because I'm proud of my new shirts. And I told my, my mother-in-law, she asked me what I wanted for Christmas. I don't know what I want for Christmas. I don't care about all the presents. She said, well, no, tell me what you want because I want to get something and not waste my money on it. I said, all right. I said, get me some new shirts, but I don't need ones that I can wear a tie with. I said, get me some that I can just kind of, you know, be a little more casual than a tie. And so she did, and she really did well. And, um, and it's interesting when you receive a gift in my stage of life, and maybe in yours too, that you need it. I needed some shirts. And then it's also desirable. I like it. I think it's a nice-looking shirt. Now, Honestly, if it were the ugliest shirt in the world, it would still met my need because I needed a shirt, okay? But at the same time, it wouldn't have been desirable. probably wouldn't have been too proud to show it off and, and let you feel what kind it's made of and all that stuff. But, but if, you, if you think about it, uh, we, we and, and, and I'll kind of pause there for a second because it's all going to kind of come together at the end here. The different stages of life that we go through teach us to think a different way. And, and, and when we get something that's both needed and desirable, we, we talk about it in a, in a different way, just like I talk about my shirt. And so as tonight we close this particular series, we're going to look at two people that you may or may not have heard of in the Scripture. If you've read the story of Jesus, if you've read all the way through the New Testament, or, or just through the book of Luke, you've probably come across their names, but maybe haven't given a whole lot of thought to it. So if you've got your Bible, I want you to turn with me to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, we're going to begin in verse 21. Now verses 21 to 24 are some sort of introductory matter to kind of catch us up on the story where we are. When the eight days were completed for his circumcision, he was named Jesus the name given by the angel before he was conceived. And when the days of their purification, according to the law of Moses, were finished, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Just as it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male will be dedicated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. So the story that we we pick up tonight is this, that Jesus has been born 
and there has been a little bit of time between his birth and where we pick it up. And so uh, Joseph and Mary are following the, the rituals of going to, the, uh, to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, and so this is kind of where we pick up the story. They're just minding, basically minding their own business. Here goes their firstborn son. Take him to be dedicated to the Lord, and then we pick it up, verse 25. There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to Israel's consolation, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he saw the Lord's Messiah. What a, that would have been an incredible promise, would it not? And, and, and it's not as if he lives, lived in today's time where Jesus had already come and it was just some promise that I'll, I'll fulfill to you. It was, you're not going to die until you see the Lord's Messiah. He had been promised for hundreds of years. And this guy knew he would live long enough to see it. Guided by the Spirit, he entered the temple complex. When the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to perform for him what was, the custo- what was customary under the law, Simeon took him up in his arms, praised God, and said, Now, Master, you can dismiss your slave in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation. You have prepared it in the presence of all peoples, a light for re- revelation to the Gentiles, and glory to your people Israel. His father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed blessed them and told his mother Mary, Indeed, this child is destined to cause the fall and rise of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be opposed. And a sword will pierce your own soul, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And so here we pick up Simeon, who uh, is a a prophet, obviously a guy who's known uh, of God and and followed God, uh, and the Holy Spirit was with him, and yet... Uh, he is still waiting for the fulfillment of the promise of God that he would not die before he saw the Lord's Messiah. And so we have the Messiah showing up there, and, and Simeon meets him, and obviously things change. It's interesting, the, vo- the verse that I want to call your attention to is verse 29. After Simeon has, has met Jesus, verse 28 says he takes him up in his arms, he prays God, and he says this, Now, Master, talking to God, you can dismiss your slave in peace, or your servant, some, some versions say, your servant may now depart in peace, or I can die in peace, according to your word. He had seen God's promise fulfilled, and it's interesting that when he met Jesus, that his thinking changed. What he thought about changed. Remember, the, the, maybe, maybe if you are a, are a Christian and, and, and you remember that conversion experience that you gave your life to Jesus, and over the next few weeks, what the things you thought about were just different than what they were before. You just didn't think the same things. You, you, you maybe did, but then, then they were combated quickly by a different set of thinking. The things that used to be important to you, they just weren't important to you anymore. Because you had you'd met Jesus and you knew that He had changed your life, and Simeon is no different. In fact, the, the world for Simeon was something that he was ready to say goodbye to at this point. I wonder how often we come across Christians and how often we ourselves um, let the things of the world kind of cloud our thinking into believing that they're more important than what, what they were when we first met Jesus. But Simeon was ready to say farewell to the world when he met Jesus because it paled in comparison to the salvation of the Lord. He said, I can depart now. You can dismiss your slave in peace. And it's interesting that it wasn't because his life stage had changed. The Bible records that he was an older man and had been waiting for a long time to see the salvation of God. But 
his change of thinking didn't become didn't didn't happen just because he entered a new stage of life because he became a college student instead of a teenager because he he got married instead of being a college student because he had children instead of just being married or because his children now are having children of their own or he entered his 60s or 70s or 80s it it didn't or 90s congratulations or it, it didn't change his thinking just because of a stage of life change what if in your own life the things that you think about could be different not because you've gotten some perspective and some life experience and now well I'm just kind of past that but because you've truly met Jesus and because Simeon met Jesus and because we can as well Jesus changed the way that he thought it was time then for the world to pale in comparison and I don't know about you but when I first met Jesus and then in times when I continue to meet him the world simply just fades away in comparison to knowing him but there are times when I'm guilty of, of having the world be more important, I suppose, than what Jesus is. And those people who meet Jesus and have their thinking changed, they see Him faithful to His Word, just as Simeon was. Their, their thinking continues to change. So Jesus, when you meet Him, changes the way you think. And then look at verse 36. There was also a prophetess, Anna, of the tribe of Asher. And she was well along in years, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and was a widow for 84 years. It's a long time to be alone. She did not leave the temple complex, serving God night and day with fastings and prayers. At that very moment, she came up and began to thank God and to speak about Him to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. So two people sort of, I suppose, confirm the same thing, that this is the Messiah. And in one case, Simeon's thinking is totally changed. The world means nothing to him anymore because he's seen Jesus, he's seen God fulfill His promises, and that's the only important thing to him. Secondly, with Anna, what she talked about changed. Jesus changed the way Simeon thought, He changed the way Anna spoke. At that very moment, verse 38, she came up and began to thank God and to speak about Him to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Israel. The truth is that knowing, knowing Jesus is reason enough to give thanks. And if you consider it, you, you talk about what's really on your heart. My dad talks about his grandkids all the time. Anybody that will listen, he'll bore you to death with stories about his grandkids. Or excite you, whichever one is, is what you... Maybe you have grandkids and you, you, you can resonate. But he talks about what's important to him, what's on his heart. And Anna, when she met Jesus and realized this is the Messiah, obviously that was on her heart what's important. And she told people the good news. She was excited about it, just like I am about my new shirt. I wanted to tell you guys about my new shirt tonight because I think it's pretty cool. And I like it. And I'm going to get a lot of mileage out of it, and I'm going to wear it. But Anna was excited about something totally different. The good news that the Lord had come, that Jesus was a Messiah, that He was the redemption of Israel, as the Scripture says. And she gives us the example that those who know Jesus should do all they can to help others know Jesus as well. And so when you meet the Lord, He changes the way you think. And He changes the way that you speak. And I'm challenged by this because I don't want stages of life to be the only thing that change the way I think. 
And if I look back on my life, maybe you look back on yours, however long that's been, sometimes we're probably guilty of, you know what, you know, that stage of life was the only thing that made me think any different about that. Or that major event in my life was really all that was going to change my mind on that particular subject. Or I thought that was really important, and then I got older and, and it changed. I, I don't want those things to be the only things that change my thinking. Does that make any sense? I, I, want, I want to encounter Jesus on a daily basis to the point where He ch- continually changes my thinking about the things of this world. When Simeon met Jesus, he was ready to go. Now, I'm not saying that I want to go tomorrow, but I want to be in a position each and every day to where the things of this world just fade away in comparison to my active, ongoing, increasingly great relationship with Jesus Christ. And I want that to be the case not only now, but I don't want to graduate from that somehow when I enter a different stage of life. And then after that, when I get a little bit older, and well, that's really not as important... I don't want to lose that. I don't, want to be, I don't want to be guilty of having to rely on a stage of life to change my thinking because Jesus can change my thinking. And I don't want to rely on a stage of life just to change what I talk about because somehow things are not now as important as they used to be. And I don't want to be more excited about my brand new shirt, as great as it is, than I am about what Jesus is currently doing in my life. And you say, well, that's, that's not hard, it's just a shirt. Well, you're right. It is, it's just a shirt. But how many times are we genuinely more excited about something that happens in our lives that really has nothing to do with Jesus? We get a promotion, or we get more money, or we get to move into a different house, or we get to do this, or we get this, or we, we get and we get, and, and yet somehow maybe that excitement is a little bit more than what we're excited for about Jesus. And so I guess my challenge to myself and to us tonight is, is for us to, to think and to speak like we did when we first met Jesus. When He changed everything in your world. Because He's still just as active and just as alive and just as powerful as He was when He changed your life for the very first time. And and there are, there are still needs in our lives for us to have our thinking and our speech changed over and over and over again. Because I don't know about you, but in my life it's so easy just to fall back into the routine of thinking that only what I see is reality. That thinking that everything is so much more important than really what it is. I need Jesus to change my thinking each and every day. And He can do it, and I need Him to change what I talk about each and every day because I want Him to change my heart and put something new in my heart. That's what I'll then talk about. And I want to remain excited about what He's doing like the first day that I met Him. And I've been a Christian for a long time. I was blessed to come to know the Lord at eight years old. And that was in 1985. For some of you, you think, well, golly, you were eight years old, 1985. Yes, I was. For some of you, you weren't born yet in the back. And... uh and so, uh, for others of you, you were, you were already born. You weren't very old, but you were born. And so, uh, but you know, I've been a Christian for, for a while. And, and, and I'm guilty, honestly, sometimes of, of letting my thinking just kind of devolve into just routine about Jesus. And I want Him to change my thinking. I want Him to change what I talk about because He's changed my heart each and every day. And I, I want Him to 
to come alive in my life in such a way that I'm, I'm more excited about what He's doing than anything outward that could ever happen, any new shirt I could ever get. And so my challenge to us is to think and speak like it's the first day that we met Jesus, just like these people in this story. And for us to, to have that inner fulfillment and excitement about the Lord, and I'm not talking about going and bouncing off the walls and acting crazy and all that kind of stuff. It's not even what I'm talking about. But there's something inside of you that just cannot stop speaking about what you've seen and heard, just like the story that we talked about this morning. And so what is it that you think about? What are your thoughts centered on? Does the, does the world kind of pale in comparison to your thoughts about what Jesus can do in your life? Or is all that's, that's in front of you is just what the world has to offer? And I, I share this only because I'm guilty of it, and I want you to understand that I, I stand on level ground with you. Um, I, I, I sometimes wish, and Nancy gets on me, she said, you just get mad because you're not perfect. And I said, you're right. I'm, uh, one of the things I'm dealing with, I'll just be honest with you, maybe you can pray for me. One of the things I'm dealing with right now is the fact that we still own a home in Georgia that we haven't sold yet. And um, been on the market for eight and a half months. I'd love to sell it. If you'd like a vacation home in Georgia, I'll gladly sell it to you. But you know, honestly, there are times when all I think about is at home. And why hadn't it sold yet? And God, you know what? It'd be sure, sure be nice if we sell that house. I don't want to deal with that house payment anymore. I'd rather get rid of it. And there's sometimes that that's the thing of this world that's always in my face. And, and the Lord is teaching me that the, the more that I know Him, the more that I focus on Him, the more that I go after Him and hunger and thirst for His righteousness, seek Him first, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 6, that all these things will be added to you. And eventually, that house will be taken care of. And I'll be honest with you, on the days when I'm not as close to Jesus, that house is huge in my life. But on the days when I've met Jesus that day and He's begun to, begun to change my thinking, you know how big that house is? Not very big. Because I've, I've spent time with Jesus that day. And He's bigger than that house. And I don't know when that thing will sell. And I'm not asking for your sympathy. I'm just telling you, here's what I'm dealing with. Because you've all got issues that are probably greater than that house selling. And I understand that. And I just want you to know that that's my thing. Sometimes it, it makes me think a little bit, <clears throat> excuse me, more about the world than I ought to. And I sometimes get more excited about, or disappointed, I suppose, recently about how the Louisville Cardinals do than I do about what the Lord is doing in my life. Disappointed is probably more yet lately. They're not very good right now, but... We'll see next Sunday. Um, I will be, by the way, in my red and black next Sunday when they are playing the Cats. I just want you to know that. And I'm sure that many of you will be because you'll forget, and I will eat it up. I just want you to know that. Show up in red next Sunday, I'll be happy. That's right. I like that. But all that to say that when Simeon and Anna met Jesus, he changed their thinking. He changed what they talked about. He changed what was important to them. And my prayer for you and for me is that each and every day that we'll see Jesus in such a way that He changes the way that we think, that the things of this world don't, don't cause us so much alarm, that what we talk about is more Him than it is anything else, and that we'll be just as excited about Him as we were the first day that we met Him. And there's something contagious about that. There's something that God does through a church that's set on following him in that way and so 
That's my prayer for us as we close this series, and we'll begin a new one next week. As I mentioned this morning, we'll start a new series on the book of Joshua. Joshua's over in the Old Testament. If you haven't read it, it's an incredible uh, story of what God did uh, after Moses was already dead and the people were now conquering the promised land. It's really an incredible story. And so we're going to kind of go through that entire book and look at that, uh, not necessarily verse by verse. Don't, don't get scared. There are 24 chapters in it, but, uh, but relax. We'll, we'll kind of cover it all, but uh, maybe not verse by verse. But, uh, but anyway, I, I want you to, to consider how Jesus can change your thinking, change what you talk about and have an active, ongoing relationship with Him in such a way that it doesn't take just a stage of life to change what you think about what's important to you. Why don't you stand and let's close with a song.